0: This recording of the Brickfest 2006 Saturday morning keynote address is brought to you by Blue Brick Radio and Brick Nebula. Visit us on the web at www.bluebrickradio.com. Something SpongeBob. I'm not kidding. Okay, so last night, some of us went out drinking, and apparently SpongeBob had too much to drink and fell off the badge. So if anybody saw SpongeBob, minifig wise, just come look me down. SpongeBob is missing, just so you
1: know. Like
0: I said, he had too much to drink and just fell right off the bed. One of us did.
1: Hello. I'm very extremely pleased to be here this year as I was last year and the year before. And uh, this year we are in the area of 30 people from, from the Lego group attending. Uh, because this is just so amazing. And uh, the stuff that you make is amazing, but you are great people as well. Very good people to be with. So that's also the reason why we want to come every year and more and more of us. So seems like we are reaching a tipping point. So uh, we need to start to control now how many is actually attending from the Lego company. Uh, I want to start out this key I'll just talking a little bit about uh, the LEGO Group and how we, you know, reorganize. We, I think uh, some of you know that we have been through a uh, very serious strategy process over the last year and a half. And uh, and, and that is now culminating is, uh, in a new set of, of uh, plans uh, that is very much inspired by, by you guys, uh, but also the structure of the company into three divisions, operations that do all the manufacturing and uh, IT and uh, and, and stuff like that, then we have two market-oriented divisions. Uh, One we call markets and products and one we call community education direct. Uh, Markets and products uh, is uh, responsible for, you know, the product development uh, at large uh, and also the selling through the traditional channels, the retailers. Uh, That is by far the biggest of the two market divisions. The other one, Community Education Direct uh, was formed uh, to work very closely with consumers and sell direct to consumers. So it's very much about the community. Uh, Not that we will only kind of work with the community in that division, the entire company is interested in uh, developing a relationship to and with the community. Uh, There are different levels, uh, we see different layers in the community. We have, uh, we call everyone who likes Lego for what Lego is, is a member of the Lego community. But then there are people who are extraordinary, talented and fantastic that we we say that these are what we call lead users. These are the people that we go to for both for inspiration, but also for collaboration projects. So, um, so it's a lot of different layers in that community. Um, community education direct that's where my group sits now the community development group but also direct to consumer that consists of uh, shop at home and and brand retail Uh, that now is kind of one entity Uh, Lego education is there business development and Lego.com is there partnerships and alliances uh, and consumer service so that is the groups that makes up uh, the new division community education Direct. The legal group is doing well. Uh,
2: <laughs> if, it, if
1: this had been two years ago, I, I, I probably couldn't have stated the same thing. Uh, this is um, uh, from the uh, first half uh, statement. Uh, that was, uh, I think, was released last week. Uh, what Jörn Vi uh, said, you know, among what he said, fine results. Still focus on our ability to, 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 to be profitable. Um, so profitability before growth. And uh, we are continue to focus and refocus on classic Lego products. <coughs> <coughs> and then we have a gigantic job ahead of us uh, on the outsourcing that uh, I think you all know about. That is uh, starting now and will take happen over the next three years. I just brought this one because it's my favorite mom <laughs> <laughs> this year. Uh, I built it with my daughter, and it's just amazing to build. It looks fantastic, and, and so on. But there are many, many more, you know, locally this year, which I, I hope and think you will agree with me. Then I have a little announcement. Uh, there has been a couple of weeks that I hope that you haven't seen them. It's, it's an other... Exclusive from uh, Lego Direct to Consumer. Are you very, very excited now? I'll have it uh, unpacked. This is the first, it's the only set in the US. <laughs> I brought it over. <laughs> uh, it will be uh, released at uh, Shop at Home uh, next week, on Friday next week. No, it will actually be up, but you can actually get it, ordered from Friday next week. We take back orders. Uh, this set here, I'll give it to Joel so he can include this among the awards tonight. It's a really beautiful set. 1,200 pieces. <laughs> okay, this, uh, this slide here uh, must be, have been made by a very talented person. But uh, <laughs> I, I did it, I think it's four years ago. Uh, when I was working very closely with you know, uh, Brad Justice and Jake McKee and Illegal Direct in the old days. And, and this was basically our you know, ambition. We said, okay, we have uh, the Lego community out there. We have the company. We are basically both uh, people in the company and the community part of, of the same. Uh, I think we share destiny. Uh, what our ambition was, was to break down the walls between the company and the community and to start uh, projects between us, do things together. You can't hear me? Can you turn off the volume or do I need to put it closer to my mouth maybe? So this has been an ambition that we have been following, uh, fairly aggressively and, and persistently over the last, uh, the last four years. Uh, I brought some examples. You probably heard about this, um, uh, it was presented last year, the Milliard Project up in uh, New Hampshire. Where LEGO fans from Nilog and uh, LEGO master builders are working side by side in creating a totally amazing layout. Uh, it will be <coughs> officially opened uh, in the fall, I think, in uh, uh, around November. And uh, it will probably attract people all the way from, you know, from Boston and, and, and around because it's, I think it's the, 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 the biggest uh, biggest Lego display, permanent Lego display outside of Legoland that uh, exists in this country. One of the people in LogNet, uh, no, NILOG, Jamie, he uh, he wanted to work for the Lego company. <laughs> and uh <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and last year, just one year ago at this event, Uh, he was uh, offered an opportunity to come to Billum for an internship, work as a designer, and he's still with us. And we are extremely pleased with that. So this is one example, and I think there will be many more in the years to come. We are now scouts that are traveling to fan events to spot talent and hire them. There's many very, very talented people among you. This is uh, Jamie's blog that he's running, he's writing a little bit about uh, what it's like to, to be a Lego designer and work in the company. He was uh, very hesitant in the beginning, he was very afraid that he, you know, could happen to write things there that he wasn't supposed to and so on, but we talked a lot about it and now he's doing it and he found a very good balance. We have something called the Lego Ambassador Program. <laughs> and. Uh, And uh, I'm reading LogNet and I'm seeing the different websites, we are following discussions and we we know perfectly well, I think the ambassador program is great. It's great for us, I think it's great for you as well. But what tends to happen, uh, that was maybe slightly segregated, but what tends to happen is that when people become an ambassador because of, we put a lot of NDAs on them, because we involve them in projects, they disappear from the community. So um, so that I think that lower, you know, version of the ambassador logo is, is supposed to tell us that, that um, it's great with ambassadors, but if, if you take the great, the greatest people in the community, you turn them into ambassadors, and then because of the NDAs, they cannot participate in the community anymore, then what's the purpose? So um, so this is certainly something that, that we know. Of. We're working on this, and we are developing, keep developing the ambassador program. The major purpose of the Ambassador Programme needs to be that they are like our eyes and ears in the community in a lot of geographic locations, so that we know everything that we should know about what is going on out there. I have a uh, video or a a, um, uh, a, um, piece, it's not a video kind of, it's a show. That um, the we asked the LEGO ambassadors to, um, um, just a second, just need to open this one. We, we asked the ambassadors to um, get back to us with uh, a little presentation of what they do and what are the biggest opportunities and threats facing the LEGO company in the coming years. Uh, This video was produced uh, by the uh, ambassadors uh, for the LEGO leadership team meeting that uh, took place in uh, Berlin in uh, May this year. The LEGO leadership team is the top 35 executives in the LEGO company uh, globally. Um, It was shown there, and then uh, later on it was also shown to the board of directors which was very, very excited, <laughs> and Kell requested a personal copy of it. Uh, I want to show it to you because uh, this is uh, some of the fees that we get from the ambassadors, so that you know uh, that we get them and we uh, we deal with them. We cannot, you know, uh, fulfill any wish, but we are certainly aware of uh, the priorities.
3: These colorful bricks may be intended mainly for children, but a growing legion of adults have rediscovered childhood joys of building. As a rule, adult fans are talented, wise, good-looking, smart, and just basically all-around sexy people.
2: We're professional and
3: articulate, and we never, ever embarrass ourselves. We have our own special lexicon, from schlime to burp, blay to mock, and even our own special place for the less socially adept fans to voice their sometimes strident opinions. We also tend to congregate into different themes, like space, trains, town, castle, robotics, Star Wars, and so on. There is some rivalry between themes, but it's good-natured and all in fun. At least, that's our story, and we're sticking to it. We're builders, collectors, tinkerers, and inventors. As different as we are, the Lego brick binds us together and is the glue that has brought out the creativity in us all except that we don't actually use glue. (laughs) That's a no-no. Some few lucky members of the adult community have been invited to become LEGO ambassadors. We're ordinary fans who've become involved with several projects within LEGO, including helping with product lines like Space and Castle. We're all under non-disclosure agreements, so we won't go around to our friends saying, neener, neener, I know something you don't know. One vital ambassador task is for us to act as liaisons between the various adult fan groups and the LEGO company. We monitor the opinions and needs of those groups and try to filter findings back to LEGO. We would also like to be perceived as a group that's able to bring information back out from Lego, answering questions you may not have known existed, or helping people find where they can get more information about something. It's not always easy, but we think we're making progress. (laughs)
2: Lego
3: means a lot of things to a lot of people. Now, I can't speak for the entire community, but I'm going to. Let's start with three little words. Lego enables creativity. Anyone with a handful of bricks can create something all their own. Custom creations as simple as a nine-brick Star Wars mock to a display at an international train show created by 14 LEGO train clubs viewed by more than 20,000 people over three days. LEGO is also finding friends, discovering a new way of doing something, solving problems, and success stories. In many ways, LEGO resonates so well with adults because of the LEGO system of building. The bricks our parents bought us when we were just tykes still fit with the ones we're buying our own kids. That essential connectivity, maintained throughout the decades, lets us collect at our own pace, knowing that what we buy will now work with future elements and sets. The sheer diversity of the adult LEGO community makes it nearly impossible to mention what we all believe is going right with LEGO, or what we think needs improvement. But there are some generalities that we can pass along. The make and create line, for example, is a favorite of adult fans for several reasons. One, these sets include great parts in coveted colors, and those parts are included in decent quantities. That's important to an AFOL who may buy 10 or more of the same set just to get a few of the pieces. Two, they encourage creativity by including multiple instructions and an invitation to make something unique. To the average AFOL, this is the essence of LEGO. Provide the tools, step back, and watch things grow from there. There are many opportunities AFOL see for LEGO in the next few years. We've used a highly unscientific method to document some. <laughs> we asked around. The first opportunity we AFOL see for LEGO is a la carte element purchases and bulk brick fulfillment. The opportunity to buy parts they need at a reasonable price point is arguably the most important improvement to an AFOL's LEGO buying experience. LEGO Factory is seen as a tremendous step toward that goal. The second opportunity is LEGO equals quality brand campaign. As fans, we take it as a given that LEGO manufactures a superior brick but we're not the only ones cruising the toy aisle. Aunt Marge may not know that Lego quality is superior to those cheaper brands hogging the shelves, so she buys <laughs> brand M for little Timmy's birthday and saves a couple of bucks. Had she known that Lego bricks would far outlast those of brand M, or that the elements from a Lego Batman set would fit together with many of the bricks Lego has produced over the last half century, she very well might have spent a little more for the better brand. Opportunity number three, letting core fans and consumers help shape Lego's product lines in its future. Lego Factory is a great way to get people involved. The recent Mindstorm's NXC project, as well as train groups working on hobby trains and ambassadors working with castle and space groups, are already having tangible benefits. We hope that Lego chooses to embrace these opportunities to help combat the threats we see facing the company over the next several years. Threat number one, encroachment of market share by lesser quality brands. Lego's comparatively high prices make it a luxury item when consumers can buy something cheaper. Threat number two, a perception of decreased quality. If AFOLs think their beloved brand is no better than the competition, the current 100% Lego mentality is likely to dissipate. Threat number three, discontinuing core product lines. Nine-volt trains is the current hot topic, and there is much angst in the community, not just from train clubs. We understand business decisions, but we also know how many intangible benefits come from the train line. The 2005 National Model Railroaders Association show was a massive hit. Tens of thousands of dollars of Lego were used constructing the huge display, Takeaway trains, and those extra bricks may never have been purchased. In the years since the Ambassador Program was formed, we feel there have been many improvements in communication between Lego and fans. It's very encouraging. Thank you for the opportunity to present this little slideshow. We hope you found it informative and maybe just a little amusing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it uh, it was really good. It was very uh, was received very positively in in uh, the company across the company as well. So, uh, this is an example of um, of how we work with ambassadors. There is another program, <coughs> the LEGO Certified Professionals program. There are currently uh, four people: Robin and Dan and, and Nathan and um, and Sean, who are. Completely amazing! They do great stuff, and uh, we are extremely pleased with that relationship. Um, very different from the ambassador program. The ambassador program is a program um, that is about, you know, communication and and, uh, and so on. The certified professionals program is a, is a more a business program. We have a business agreement with with each of them. What we are planning to do in the coming years is that we want to to develop the uh, Certified Professionals program into more different tiers. Because we want uh, to be able to work with, with many, many more fans that have very different interests and capabilities that we can use and work with them as we, what we call lead users. This is something that won't happen instantly, but I hope uh, you will start to see uh, how this is starting to evolve uh, in 2007. This is a couple of examples. (coughs) Uh, Nathan's uh, Lego PC has, I think, traveled the world in a lot of different magazines. Uh, We saw it in Scandinavia. It's been all over the place. Um, This is Sean's uh, website, (coughs) showing among others, uh, a little picture from FAO Swartz, where all the four uh, certified professionals worked with uh, Lego people to set up uh, the Lego exhibit at uh, FAO Swartz in New York. So there is a lot of amazing things uh, going on out there. We also have LegoFan. LegoFan has been dead for, I think, for a number of, of, of months uh, because of some, a lot of issues that basically crashed together at the same time. LegoFan is up and running again, uh, and as I think most of you know, um, uh, we have, uh, there is a, a, a company called um, Brick Portal Inc. Uh, registered in Delaware, that is a not-for-profit organization who owns and runs uh, Lego fan. Uh, I think it's like eight people on the board and one of them is a Lego representative. So Lego won't have any majority vote, but uh, we have a, a say and we uh, and work closely with uh, the people behind, behind the Lego fan. And this, I think this website uh, will um, continue to develop uh, over the coming months. And uh, Kelly McKernan is the one who is the president now of Brick Portal, and is responsible for uh, for for Lego Fan, together with a lot of uh, of other people as well. Brick Journal.
2: <laughs>
1: Brick Journal is uh, an amazing, uh, very authentic publication because it's stories from the community. And uh, in the company, we we, we highly appreciate this as we appreciate so many other things that you are doing. Uh, And we want to see Brick Journal uh, develop further and be big and be great and maybe be a subscription uh, magazine and, and many even more things. So we are working with with Joe and, and the other people behind Brick Journal to to see how can we support them also so that they become successful with um, the magazine. Uh, we also start to see kind of a link, you know, have you heard about the Dark Ages? <laughs> uh, you know, there, is, there could be something between the Lego magazine and Brick Journal that, that we could say that, well, when you get, you know, you're getting 13 or 15, maybe you should you should um, move to Brick Journal. <laughs> and, and by moving to Brick Journal, you suddenly find out that Lego is much, much more than these sets I can get in the stores. It's actually a community out there. It's people I can connect to. I can get inspiration from all the beautiful mocks out there. So that is something we are also, you know, thinking about basically binding, you know, the Lego Club and, and, and Brick Journal together in a way that also works for the Brick Journal people. There are meeting points and uh, events in the community. Uh, I think the two, two of, the, of the biggest and, and, and uh, oldest events, if you look at the two continents, the European and the North American, is Brickfest that was founded and started in 2000, and in, in Europe and Germany, that I think started three years ago. They are developing very, very nicely. There are many, many more uh, meeting points and events out there and more coming, and we love to see that uh, development. There are amazing events. Uh, this is one, I think, one of the kind of biggest, most enormously ambitious initiative that uh, Ilko took, uh, you know, with the National American Model Train Show. And uh, this was like, the, this is this picture is from last year. They did it again this year. Uh, there was 14 Lego train clubs from all over the country getting together and pulling off an enormous display. 20,000 people sawing it and they had to. They put the display to the back of the building, this is all about model trains, to the back of the building because it was the most popular, so they wanted all the people to go through the entire building to come to the Lego display. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is something we started last year, we call it window to the community, and this is a little window in our brand stores. And uh, I don't know if you noticed uh, in the brand store here uh, at Tyson Corner, there is a window as well uh, that is uh, basically operated by, by Vamalug. They maintain it, they come and put in new models, you know, the, according to the season of the year and stuff like that. And we want to have this in every brand store. <laughs> <coughs> there is something called the Lego Inside Tour. Uh, that we started last year because we realized it was fans that really couldn't, you know, they, they wanted just wanted to get inside Lego and, and have kind of a couple of days or three of, of this out-of-body experience that you can do everything that, you know, <laughs> that you really, really dream of, meet kind of people like Kell and see the manufacturing area and meet the designers, not at least, you know, these are the most popular people. I had uh, my snipper, who is our uh, senior vice president for product development, he was there and uh, and talking to the guests last year. And then we had like 10 of the designers and and, and he, as a very kind of prominent and and highly placed person in the Lego organization, didn't attract very much interest actually. The designers all shown him completely. So, So people come to meet these guys. And uh, then they spend like maybe a couple of hours to explain exactly, this is Marcus from Germany who built the, you know, the crane, the Lego Technic crane and explains in detail, you know, so where did I start? Shows his f- 10 different prototypes and basically explains the whole process. And that has been extremely successful. So um, this is a, a statement from one of the guests. I think he's here in the audience today. I'm not mentioning any names. But he was very happy. He attended the first uh, tour last year. And uh, <coughs> it, it has been great and we want to maintain it great. We want to make it, to keep it exclusive. It's not going to be something for a million people. It's going to be something for, for the few that really, really wants to get that experience. Um, <coughs> we did a, um, a research project uh, over the last, um, last year and a half that we called Core Gravity. It's about strengthening your core, and the core will pull things in. We focused on our core users, and we did it in the U.S. and Germany. And it was an, uh, an online survey uh, that included, here in the U.S., 32,000 people. What we, one of the things that we were interested in is, is to find out why people actually buy Lego sets. Uh, like to get Lego? Sets Lego. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a misspelling up there. I got excited, I think. But um as you can, <laughs> as you can see, up in that corner, maybe you can't see it, but there are two dots up in that corner. And this is measured about among 7 to 12 year old kids here in the US who are, you know, core users. And what they say is that the primary reasons why I want Lego sets is that I can build anything, I can be creative, and I think it's fun to build. And that is important, because I think, as a company, we are starting to realize that again. We have realized it before, but now we are realizing it again. And that is also why we put so much emphasis now on the building and the building process and um, and the Lego system of play. So. Um, what we, um, based on this, we actually we made a little, um, a little video. I'm going to show you that as well. This is just trying to capture what is this study actually telling us?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, actually, what we found was that the kids um, are telling us. Very much the same things that that you are telling us and um, and and that is reassuring in a way <laughs> and it's it 's very good. Um, they are asking for inside access they these kids they want to share ideas with us they want to help us you know make better products uh, exactly the same things that you also want so that 's why um, we certainly want to you know to work with you know, both the, the adults part of the community as well as the, as the kids. And we are focusing on our uh, core users. Mi Antorini, uh, she is a PhD student at Copenhagen Business School, and she has been mingling with the community for the last couple of years as part of developing her PhD that is about brand communities. There is a number of brand, brand communities out there. Brand community means that it's a f- community that forms around a commercial brand. Uh, this is one of them. It's a basketball user community. They collect—they don't collect Lego bricks for some reason. They collect shoes. <laughs> and, uh, and there are other communities that, that collect and do and do other things. So that is uh, that is not so so strange. But uh, I think it's kind of strange, and, and it cannot be very rewarding to collect shoes. <laughs> This is what you should collect, you know. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is meaningful. Shoes is not meaningful. Uh, and uh, what's exciting to see is that, you know, Chris is amazing. Uh, Chris used to be a kid one time too. And it's growing out there. See all this amazing mocks that is created by 8 and 10 and 12 year olds. In 10 years' time, I think they will make things that Chris couldn't dream of. So uh, so it's growing. Uh, the Lego Club, uh, 2 million kids out there uh, who create mocks uh, all the time. This is uh, an interesting way of seeing it as well. Uh, <laughs> You know why we, we love the AFOLs is they have a very kind of nuanced you know, view on, on the Lego products. The regular consumer that I refer to as the grey mass out there, well, a Lego brick is a Lego brick, isn't it? What's the big deal. A uh, Lego set is a Lego set. But for AFOLs, it's, it's, it's like that. And, and that is why it's much more interesting to us, for us to work with, with adult fans. Because we can really get something that we can use just to make focus groups with average consumers about Lego products is not as rewarding, and it's not as interesting. Uh, Yun Mi, as a part of her study, studied uh, how many AFOLs do actually innovate, come up with things that, you know, is new. And it seems like she interviewed like 200, over 200, no, 300, you know, several hundred people. And and try to track over, over time, going back in time, you know, how many Lego innovations that was actually made out there. This is just a handful of them. There are actually, I think she identified like uh, a hundred, more than around 200 innovations. You know, it's, not, it's a new way of building. It's a completely different building technique. Uh, Eldro, brick films, moon days, and many, many more things are, are innovations that is made by the community. She asked a lot of questions. I just uh, took a few here uh, where people say, without the AFL community, I would not be as actively involved with Lego as I am today. Most people agree to that. So uh, the community is important. I often find AFL mocks more inspiring than models produced by Lego. I don't know they're probably trying to tell us something (laughs) yeah and this one here in the future I expect to propose ideas to the Lego group and look at all the guys who strongly disagree they're not going to propose ideas to the Lego group we don't like that you should share with us because (laughs) it's the only way you can actually make it happen big scale we want to work with you. Yeah. This is the first. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, this is the first um, uh, consumer-created, uh, uh, you know, mock that was actually brought to market by Lego. I think it was in '91, uh, the Blacksmith Shop. Uh, was it 2001? Yeah. Uh, This is the, I think, most recent example of uh, us working together with some very talented people. Uh, I guess maybe a lot of you saw the Wired magazine and the article in Wired about it was all about the process. It was all about Lego working with fans and less about the actual product. Uh, This was a very, very interesting process. Um, The ultrasonic sensor uh, did not come out of the blue air. (laughs) It was actually something that uh, John Barnes' company had been been working on for some time, actually selling off a ultrasonic sensor that we adopted and turned it into a a Mindstorm sensor. Now, um, these guys continue um, to... um, Okay, I need to show you this one first. This is about the community around Mindstorms. And, you know, we started off with uh, the MOP group, Mindstorms user panel. That was those four guys. Then, And that was in January 2005. Then we added uh, to that group. uh, So we got up to to 11. And then the latest thing was that we actually announced that we needed people that could be developers uh, in the Mindstorms community. And I think we got 9,600 applications. (laughs) And that was kind of totally, you know, we cannot handle that. So we chose a hundred and now we have a hundred. So you can see how this community is growing and is going to keep growing uh, over the next many years. And this is probably going to be a model for the way that we develop a lot of products also going forward. Um, uh, Evolution of consumer involvement. You know, just if you go like five or, or seven years back, the only thing we did in the company, we made stuff that we marketed to consumers. It was a one-way street. Uh, Then we started to say, okay, these guys out there, they're actually doing great things. They're talking about Lego, they're pulling off events. And then we started to talk about marketing with consumers. You know, they help us sell the products. Uh, This you can also call, you know, consumer co-marketing. Then the next level, you can call consumer co-development working with consumers consumers actually develop new products, and then the ultimate level <coughs> is uh, okay is uh, where you can say consumers take over, and they just develop. And um, what we are doing now is that um, there are there is a program coming, and next week uh, we will announce a uh, a letter of intent with. Uh, with High Technic, the company, with uh, John Barnes' company, uh, that we want to, uh, to work with them to have new sensors for Mindstorms introduced.
4: <laughs> Hello.
2: <laughs>
4: well, uh, last year, Louder. <laughs> hey, this is me. Uh, You know, last year was my first breakfast, And it was really, really cool to come here And there was these four guys uh, It was uh, Ralph, Steve, David and John That didn't really want to talk to me Or CERN They were like, oh yeah, Yeah, okay I was going to talk to them And uh, it was basically because we were doing this secret project We had them up and we had our first meeting It was kind of our board meeting in the hotel It was really cool And since then, the last year, we kind of uh, worked on different initiatives. And together with uh, John and Steve Barker, his partner, we have been looking at, you know, how can we make some of this more accessible for broader masses, you know, for consumers? Because not that many that finds out that, okay, I can find the website with high technique and, ah, they have some sensors. So basically, we're really proud to, you know, a year after we kind of shied away from each other to announce that... uh, we are going to collaborate, as uh, uh, Tomod said, uh, to allow High Technic to develop sensors uh, to be used together with uh, Mindstorms and XT. And they will be, um, you say, certified sensors. And we will sell them uh, through Shop at Home. And High Technic will be able to sell them globally. <laughs> And, I, and this is amazing. A lot of people are like, you know, that's not possible. You can't do that. This is Lego. And there's no way. So it's like, you know, it's possible if it's possible to go to the moon, you know, at least we believe so, <laughs> then, then this should be an easy task. And you can say it marks a new era. This is, this is, we're viewing this as a kind of pilot program for us to learn and for also the community to learn. Because it's very different. So it is a pilot program that kind of marks a new era for us in collaborating together with the community. So, very happy to announce
1: this.
2: <laughs>
1: and actually, I think, as, as, as most of you have noticed, there is something out there called Lego Factory. And the, the purpose of Lego Factory is to empower consumers to develop and publish their own designs and purchase their own designs. Lego Factory is in its, in, what's it called? it's, in its very beginning, uh, this will develop uh, very much over the coming years. And it's all about working, you know, with consumers and encourage and enable consumers to publish their own designs. Trains. We have also worked with, uh, <laughs> we have also worked with, uh, with consumers on trains. And the Santa Fe cars was uh, developed by James Mathis uh, some years ago. Um what's happened, I think now, around two years ago, was that it was made a decision in the company that we need to take the train line down in age, integrate it with Lego City, take it down in age, take out costs uh, to make it more affordable for, for kids five years and up. This was to make us able to compete better in that uh, play train market, especially in Europe and Germany. And, um, you know, when... For Jake and myself, you know, the alarm bells kind of went off because, well, this may not be the best thing to do. If you think about our adult hobbyists and the way that they use trains, maybe they won't be so excited about battery powered trains and stuff like that. So so we started the project. We invited uh, some of our friends from Ilco, four people. Uh, We formed a group we called the Signal Group. This is like a year and a half ago. And started a discussion with them about okay so what do you think <laughs> and we got some some very clear feedback
2: uh,
1: <laughs> and uh, and we started to work on it uh, it's a little bit complicated uh, of a lot of different reasons uh, the equipment we had to you know to, to 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 actually make the you know the the metal rails and stuff like that was very expensive it was worn out stuff like that um so um, so so what we started to see, what started to merge to us is that maybe trains in the future need to be two things. We need to have one system that really appeals to, to younger kids, you know, to five-year-olds and up. Uh, because they play differently with trains than, than what adult fans do. Because they want to run around and have remote controls and stuff like that. That's not what you do in here. Uh, then maybe there is an other direction that we could call, if this, the first one is a play train, then the second one may be a hobby train. But the hobby train is more starting, you know, working on the the, the premises of of, of the the, the train hobby that you have hobby train manufacturers but just using Lego materials. And this is kind of the track we are at right now and we have a group of people that we work with on that. We have absolutely not solved all the problems and we cannot announce that this is what we are doing but you just need to know we are working on it. The first attempt to partly address this whole 9-volt thing and... And also, uh, the, the, the co-creation and working with, with lead users is something that we have been working on for some months now, with some people. And uh, it, it's looking great. So we, I don't know, Paul, do we want to tell more about this now, or... <laughs> yeah? <laughs>
4: we'll, t- we'll tell more, we want not wait the air. <laughs> And I would like to invite uh, Pierre Normandine, you know, coming from Canada, to join us as well. (laughs) Say hello. Hello, guys. (laughs) So basically, we're gonna do a little presentation of the experience we've been through for the, you know, uh, it was a two and a half month experience, and it ended a while ago, but we're still, you know, working on things. And this is a kind of uh, the story of what has happened. So, we were looking at it, as Tumud said, that uh, the kind of the Lego hobby train, the most creative train system in the world. You know, no one can beat us there. And it's a business idea kind of inspired by you, the community, the people who kind of take it there, to take it to make it creative. So we were like, okay, so how, how do we make this happen? And from some of the experience we had with uh, Mindstorms group, it was kind of where it was more co development. It was like, oh, what is this? What are we going to do now? If this is the community's project, we'll take it a step further. So, the initial vision was that okay, we, if we have a factory, why don't we turn it into like a, a factory store? This is like where the community can start sharing all their mocks, their different train designs, and actually build this up to be a huge catalog of trains that anyone outside the train community can, you know, go in, share. They can look at it, they can see, oh, this is a really good rated model, and oh, I can see there's uh, 2,311 sold. Oh, must be really good, I'll buy that. And introduce more people to the trade community. So, look at this, how can we make this happen? So, creating the first Hobby Train box. Yeah. Basically, 10 fans, two and a half months, 1,100 messages... Man, there's like a lot of messages. It's like, <laughs> my inbox is just crammed. Um, so, what happened? <laughs> I'm gonna set up by each slide so, so what happened? <laughs> I know you don't. So, this is the initial start. I'm gonna take you through the whole account. Initial start. <laughs> March 10. Basically, we invited Ben Fleskes, Christopher Massey, Holger Mathis, James Mathis, uh, Jeremy Spurgeon, Mike Walsh, Pierre Normandin, Reinhard Ben Benekier, Steve Burrill and Tim Gold. So we had a good mix from around the world, because Tim says he's from Australia. So, <laughs> uh, and this was the kind of first message that we put out. So what did you think when you got this? What a great
5: list of builders! <laughs> And uh, that was really um, exciting to see a team like this and um, working on the same project. And just the fact that to see the project we can work with Lego was pretty exciting.
4: Yeah, and you can see the brief that I I wrote initially was like you know you could scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll. It's like man, this is what we think it should be. So what we actually did, we, we we selected a bag of bricks. We had like 870 bricks that we selected and thought, this is a good palette, you know. This is kind of good variety. It's got a lot of different colors that the fans would like. A lot of dark red, dark green, dark blue, da-da-da-da. And we sent it out. So what did you think about that?
5: Well, it was a, a first selection of elements that was pretty weird because there were some <laughs> elements that... Anyway, A good trained fan would find, well, useless, (laughs) 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 but (laughs) it was the first batch, so we managed to uh, select some more useful parts and we had uh, discussions about that and we tried to see if we can change uh, element uh, selection.
4: It was quite an interesting experience because it was sort of now we had two weeks. Okay, so you didn't like these elements? Okay, two weeks, you choose. So we had to go through this standard process of how to select elements that we do internally. And there's a lot of new themes. Like, how do we do that? But having selected the models, we started building models. And that was quite interesting. So we were looking for four to six really cool designs. So, you know, how was the building experience, (laughs) I think? Yeah, right. First, before
5: we decided to uh, switch elements, we had to build something with uh, we had. So that was pretty funny to build with limitations with the parts we had, and uh, we came with kind of cool creations anyway.
4: <laughs> so um, yeah, that's it. In the beginning, it was like uh, the first brief. Was, and I was like, you know, what if we had trains from all eras, you know, from early steam engines through to electric and diesel, and we had like long trains and trains with carts and everything, all this stuff. I was like, no, you can't do that. We'll focus on uh, on the freight trains. I was like, okay, thinking in the back of my head, you know, if you have a good selection, anything can happen. So, you know, after two weeks, we had 80 plus models. <laughs> And I was like, wow, <laughs> how, can, how can you actually select six from those 80? This is not possible. There's too many really cool models there. So we went through a process where we kind of numbered all the models and I sent out some just basic criteria. So that said, you know, if I were to select for Lego some models, I would look for these criteria. But that, it's actually up to you. It's your box. You know, so you have to select. So Jeremy Spurgeon, he made this an in intricate, very interesting voting system that <laughs> would allow for the top 30 models to float to the surface. So that was kind of a stage. And uh, I think, as, as you also just said earlier, it wasn't so much about selecting the model that was yours. It was more saying, what models represents the train community the best? Is that right? Yeah. So, here's the final 30 models in very little pictures, and then we had an issue, because we couldn't rebuild 30 models, photograph 30 models, uh, retouch the photographs, and get them to box. No way. Not possible. So it's like, hmm, I saw that some of those models were done in LDraw, so I thinking that's even cooler. So now they've selected elements, built L models, selected the models, and they render it in their own developed program. That's, that's cool. So, ask the community so, or the group, would that be? Would you guys be up for that? So, that was a really interesting process going through, trying to identify a setup for rendering these models that uh, could be used for packaging. Because our internal packaging, they were like, oh no, 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 not possible. It has to be LOD5 and all these things, and I had no clue what it meant. I just, as long as it looks good, it must be okay. <laughs> <laughs> So we went through this whole process, and actually it was the longest process, because this, this was nothing anyone had done before, but trying to figure out, you know, how do we get all this perfect? And the final result was kind of this style, which we looked at as kind of finding a style that was more, know, didn't look so much as a toy, but had a little bit more of a kind of classic train. It represents the kind of train model in itself, very clean, very basic. So finally, here's just an account of all the 30 models. Tri- enter speed. <laughs> so silence. <clears throat> and this one goes for, do I hear 20? $20. $20. <laughs> the interesting thing is like all of these models, you know, even though they're built from the same palette. Will all be available as single models through Factory? So you can buy the whole box and get a good selection of 1,100 elements, or you can go in and actually buy any one of those you want. So any consumer can say, "I, I just want Jeremy Spurgeon's train there. I like that one. I get that model." Or someone else can say, "I just love this element selection because I want to create my own trains." And it's, you know, do you think the variety is good? <laughs> it's not only freight trains. And what do you think of the final selection? It's the
5: best one. <laughs> no, it's really the best models out of the 80. Um, and the best we can build with the the parts we had.
4: And, uh, of course, we would like to have the rest of the group here, but <coughs> they had some other train show to show off in Oregon, I think, and had been to NMRA. And they just want to say hi to all of you, and uh, hope that you approve the models they created to kind of show off the initial what the train community is all about. So, if we're almost there, I mean, they just keep coming. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> if you had had eighty would be here all afternoon. So, let's see.
1: It goes on and on. Does it rewind and start f- over again, Paul? Or? <laughs> okay, that was the last one. So, <laughs> this is, this is uh, it's not the absolutely final box design, but it's going to look very much like this. And I would ask you not to publish pictures of it. We uh, plan to launch it on, um, uh, in March next year. Uh, And we want to run a little, you know, PR story on this, but not now, but uh, probably very early next year, like January, February. And then we want, as a part of that story, that will include, of course, all the designers to also, you know, announce the the design of the box.
2: Selection
4: of <laughs> 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 oh boy! Oh boy!
1: <laughs> Great. Uh, thank you. That was what I have
2: <laughs>
1: what we have uh, have, have chosen to, to to talk about in the keynote. There are so many more things. I, I think I were off to like. 200 slides that I want to run through. And then Joe told me I would only have one hour. I thought I had three hours. <laughs> but, um, but so I had to, to cut, cut down a little bit. But um, there was a woman over there. And she asked me to come over and said, who are you? Why don't you tell us who you are? <laughs> and of course, I, sh- I should do that. Uh, my name is Tormod Askilsen. I'm uh, uh, responsible for the community group in the Lego company. And uh, I've been been following that group, uh, you know, been been heading up that group, the whole community concept for for a number of years. And uh, I'm extremely happy with with what I do, and, and more so every every week actually. Um, we are many people here from the company. Uh, Paul uh, is. Um, is our director uh, uh, of the creative director in business development in community education direct. So he's the one who has been running a lot of these projects and will be also managing them going forward. Then we also brought uh, Jörn V. Knustorp, our CEO.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and Jörn is... Uh, he loves his events, and he is traveling to events all the time. And uh, peop- all the people in the company found it fairly strange, I think, last year, when they said that, you know, this is a priority, I need to go. But, you know, you can't You have all these important things to do. It's important, and he keeps calling me. He was at Pazersteinland in Berlin last week, where Kellen was also there, and, and now he's here. And uh, I think Jörn is doing it because he thinks the community is important. We'll have a Q&A now. Uh, well, you can ask whatever questions you might have, and uh, all of us from Lego will try to to answer the best we can. Hi, my name is
6: uh, Phil LaFleur. What the uh, the fact the Lego factory idea is so awesome, and um, my son is uh, 17 and still not in his dark ages. He still plays with Legos and Lego. Sorry,
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: and that's capitalized, right? Now. Sorry. Um, And his friends think that he has a lot of friends who are as nerdy, I mean, as intelligent as he is. (laughs) And they think I am the coolest dad in the world because I have, you know, probably 2,000 pounds of Legos in my basement. And uh, I bought him a Lego factory amusement park for his birthday, and he never built it because it didn't have an instruction book in it. And I said, but the instructions are online. Now he This is a kid who has been, he played with Duplos before he could walk. He had his first Lego set at three. He could build them himself at four or five. I mean, he's just steeped in it. But Lego Factory was a dud for him. And I'm wondering, uh, is that, I mean, is there a clue among the powers that be at the Lego Group that that the fact that there's no instructions in those boxes is a is a huge deterrent for certain fans of Lego, and and how much more of a deterrent is it going to be for non non-fan, non fans? I mean, he's essentially he's an adult fan. I mean, the kid's 17, you know, and. I've got stuff in my car that he can't wait for me to get home. He couldn't come. He's registered, but he couldn't come because of obligations. He's a senior and he's a section leader in the marching band, and he he just couldn't get away from his obligations. But this really concerns me. And then the other question I have, and I think this is on everyone's mind, I speak for all of us, We're really scared. We're really scared about outsourcing. We're really scared about quality. And what kind of effort, what kind of assurances can you guys give us that the stuff that comes out of either Eastern Europe or comes out of China, I mean, one of the discussions I got into on the Internet two days before I got here was about Lego elements that were coming out of China that were, they just weren't as good. You know, the plastic wasn't as good. They didn't snap together the way stuff that comes out of Billing does. And it just scares the pants off of us. Those of us who, you know, this is like what we do when we're not earning money. We're sleeping. You know.
1: Thank you. Uh, Mark, are you here? Come, come up here. Then I think, Jörn, if you take the second question.
7: Yes, my favorite question. All right. <laughs> no, we are also extremely concerned about the outsourcing. Uh, it is, the, and we've, as you know, uh, we've created a lot of changes in the group the last two years. But this, this will be our biggest change ever. Um, I believe and feel in- increasingly uh, confirmed in that the quality assurance issue is our issue. It's an internal issue. There's nothing in the China production, as it were, where we produce very few parts, but increasingly Eastern Europe, that has to do with how skilled these people are. It has to do with what we allow them to do. If we allow them to use other kinds of plastic than what we have previously used, if we allow them to use cheaper tools than what we have previously used, or tools of lower quality, then... What comes out will be of low quality But it is entirely up to us And I hope one session we could have here one day uh, Tomo is actually one we had with uh, Thousand and last week in Berlin Where we brought in one of our Really great quality engineers to, to discuss what is actually possible With Lego quality And we discussed everything from packaging To stickers To colors To clutch power of course And a lot of it is driven by the different kinds of plastic we use. But it is an issue we must control and we can solve. I'm 100% confident that the supplier we've chosen as our main supplier, which is a U.S.-based company called Flextronics, is a company that will comply with our quality standards and our codes of conduct if we control that they do that and we're willing to pay for it. So it's our issue, and we'll solve it. But it's, of course, not as easy when you have had people in Bilon who've worked on this for 20, 30, 40 years, but that we're putting in an enormous effort to transfer that knowledge and control what comes out of those factories. So don't be concerned about the sub-suppliers not being good enough, because these guys are as big as we are, and we are the world's biggest plastic manufacturer, but they're just as big, and they produce camera lenses and chassis for Dell computers or you know, stuff for the automotive industry and so on. They're perfectly capable of the same quality, but we need to be able to control it and manufacture it all the time in that process. So I think it's our problem. We take that responsibility, and any feedback that you experience all the time on our quality is more than welcome. We'd love input on it, and it's something we'll react on promptly.
8: The Lego factory question. <laughs> um, building instructions, I can say just from the whole team and, and from in the company, too, I definitely get it from inside the company about building instructions. Um, we are working on solutions. That's what we call um, Lego factory exclusive boxes that we'll be making. Uh, to come with a decision or to, to come with a solution to build or have the automatic capability of, of making billion instructions. I know Eldra Group, I know there's a lot of them that, that are around here. You know, they have solutions. We'll be developing even better solutions together. Um, you know, it, it, it is about this of, of trying to evolve this software because it's software for you guys to develop with us. This factory is your factory. It's not ours. This is a platform for you. And, and this, we know it's a demand to, to build building instructions. We want smaller children to, to build Lego factory boxes. We want the adults to like that the children can build the Lego factory boxes. And uh, so it is a solution. When it's going to come, I would say you'll see an iteration coming soon. We are planning on launching a 2.0 version of, of LVD in March of next year. And the building instruction capability there will be much better than what we have. And uh, so there will be an improvement and hopefully we'll be able to start printing the building instructions automatically into the boxes, which will help very much. Okay.
9: More questions? Hi, I'm Diana. I travel all the way from Singapore to breakfast. Thank you. Okay. Apparently, um, I don't really represent the whole Asia community, but I'm part of, uh, like, I, I don't know who else is from Asia in from, this breakfast, but it's really a concern for the fans in Asia. We don't felt the, uh, the reach out to us as much as I can felt in U.S., Basically, we have no shot at home. We have no access to Lego Factory. We have no access to most of the stuff. A lot of the sets we we couldn't get, like SpongeBob, Avatars, many of the train sets. No, it's just not available to us. And Batman got can only reach us like next year, early next year. And it is a lot of concerns. And the price, okay, of course, the pricing is not as good here either. So, and in terms of community, frankly speaking. Uh, we don't we not felt that the Lego office in the local country reach out to community as much as you guys do here. I, I felt that you guys are really fortunate. You, you got Lego reaching directly to you. We, we don't really get the kind of touch. And as as much as we reach out to the Lego office, the local Lego office, they are more on the business minded side. Uh, we feedback. we say um we, we have no pick or break in Singapore and um, and, and we felt that how to get the elements. So we end up buying many sets just to get that particular one element in multiple <laughs> quantities, and, 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 and then got a lot of other quantities, elements that we probably won't use that much. So it's really things like that. And, um, well, of course, we do try to work with some of our local retail stalls to say that, Could you buy in a lot of the promo set, open them up, and then do a mini pick-a-brick. But the the stuff will be, like, really limited. It's not like, I was seriously a when I was at Tyson Corner. I I actually went, (laughs) 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 wow! Okay, don't ask me how much I spent these two (laughs) days.
2: How much did you spend?
9: You don't want to know. I <laughs> do.
1: The question is,
9: is there something you guys could do um, all the way in Denmark to help us in Asia? Okay, because I, I basically gave you an understanding of, like, what's happening. So we, we, we do hope, because um, Singapore has a small group of friends. There's also our counterpart in Hong Kong, Japan, and Taiwan. We all linked up, but just that we probably need you guys to see if you could help us in this area. Thanks.
7: Thank you. I, I think that was extremely encouraging, and uh, you are not alone. In fact, there are uh, quite a few of you uh, in not only Asia, but other, uh, other markets that are outside Western Europe and the U.S. Um, I would like to offer an invitation to you, because I'll actually be visiting your uh, Minister of Education on November 27 and 8 in Singapore, and I'd like to invite you to come join me and meet uh, the, uh, our subsidiary... <laughs> And and meet our our people out there in in sales and distribution and and also our education set up there and discuss how we can further develop the presence of Lego in, in Singapore and in Asia. I'd love that. So let's chat later today.
10: Hi, hey, um, I have a question, but first, a uh, couple of thank yous. Uh, thank you for being so involved in the education community. Um, thank you for creator sets. Thank you for being here. And um, uh, This may sound uh, depressing, but thank you for not selling the company. <laughs>
2: um,
10: <laughs> um, I know that... Uh, I represent some people, at least, in understanding that Lego is a company, and you have to do certain things in order to, to remain, you know, producing the product, and and I think uh, it's understandable, and if uh, one of the two largest uh, unnamed toy manufacturers took over, I think uh, product quality would have taken a nosedive and I think we saw Lincoln Logs and Tinker Toys become uh, made of plastic instead of wood, and that was very sad. We don't you know, wanna see the, the quality go down, so we're glad that the company is doing things that it can to, to, uh, to remain in good shape financially. Anyway, uh, I had heard once a long time ago that the Lego brand, you know, red square, uh, was so recognizable to kids as a boy, uh, symbol that it was very difficult for the Lego company to make products for girls. And uh, I'm sorry to be asking this question like that we ask every year, but it's always a girl asking it, but (laughs) um, uh, I am adorned with with clickets today. And um, I was so impressed with the quality of that. I I gotta say I was really pessimistic and I tried it at one breakfast. And uh, in front of uh, Brad Justice, and and totally had to eat my words because I I was really impressed. Is there anything that we can do to help? uh, I don't know, move the LEGO brand into the young girls market, or or does LEGO have any plans that you can share with us? Or I'm just curious about that subject in general.
1: Yeah, thank you again for that question. I think we have heard it a uh, few times before. And um, I, think, I think it's not a big secret that we have not been very successful um, with, um, you know, marketing products to girls, big scale. <coughs> there, are, there are pockets in the world and, and uh, where we are extremely successful. Belleville is one of the best selling products in Scandinavia to girls. Uh, clickits was uh, was very successful to start with, but that something happened. Uh, you know that uh, that made it very difficult with Clicits. Cliket, uh, you know it, it was not a system as the Lego bricks is a system, and uh, I think that was problematic. Um, but I don't know, Jörn, if you have uh, anything to um, you know to add on. You probably don't. It's uh, it's it's uh, it's difficult. There are also girls who just enjoy you know, the Lego products out there, uh, as they are. Um, we, we, we kind of have, have ended up in a situation where, where you know, it, it seems to be the boys that kind of enjoy it the most, and then we kind of, you know, you know I think we, we support that movement, because then we start to, to be, you know, to, to make the themes even more boyish, and the boys like it even more, and the girls like it less, and, and so on. It's complicated. Yeah, 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 exactly. But, but then it's, it's also about being, being creative and using your imagination and girls do that, <laughs> at least as good as boys.
7: Yeah, I think to wrap that up, I mean, we'll, we'll continue through our own channels to, uh, to market Belville. We believe it's a great line. It's doing very well, as Thomas said. It's one of those lines who will actually be saved from a financial perspective through the outsourcing because the Belleville line in itself carries uh, 360 elements that are unique to that line, which is what makes it fun because it has all these special parts. Uh, And and doing something like that on such a small scale is, is simply incredibly, incredibly infeasible from a financial perspective in Denmark where we probably have the highest manufacturing wage of anywhere in the world. So, you know, moving that and, and of course, still looking to maintain the quality on that it is going to make us able to continue Belleville, and that's going to be our spearhead into that, and we'd love to see it grow, of course. It's incredibly hard in this country uh, where, um, you know, girls the age of seven or eight want to be Britney Spears, and then when they reach the age of Britney Spears, they want to be something else, and <laughs> then when they're 20 years older, they want to go back, I don't know. But uh, it's... Uh, it's it's just a very, very competitive, tough market, and it takes a lot of marketing dollars to, uh, to, to carry Belleville out on a broad scale in the U.S., and, and it's, it's simply a, a risk and, and a challenge we're not able to, uh, to master. But, but in Europe and through our own channels, we'll continue to sell Belleville.
8: Thank you. <laughs>
2: um,
8: One of the things that... Okay. Yep. Right on. Um, one of the things that I love about uh, the new kind of interaction between the company and the fans is seeing the creative outputs that the company makes. For example, uh, Steve Witt, the community guy, he's brought a spaceship. It's a wonderful, amazing thing. So my, my question uh, to you guys is, is, when will we see your mocks? Like, like when are you going to bring some creations? We want to see that.
1: You see, even if I work for Lego, you know, I'm best at building m- mo- my own mocks after building instructions. <laughs> and uh, I have a great time doing that with my, my kids. I uh, do it a lot, but um, you know, if you let me lose and you know, ask me to create a mock out of just nothing, I, I will have a hard time. There are, you know, other people like Paul, you know, he's a, he's a fantastic designer and he makes the most amazing things. But I think, I think we we have to take the challenge. And, uh...
8: You only get better by building and sharing.
1: That's (laughs) the thing. (laughs) You are... Lenny. We just need to get started. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm fairly convinced I could be a pretty good builder. So, uh, so we'll say next year, just reserve a space for us. Okay.
0: Wow. Lou. Okay. I have to do a quick thank you to these guys because basically what happened is I threw him the microphone and he, he took over. He did a good job. I'd like to thank all of you. I have to do some quick announcements because, unfortunately, since I threw the mic at him, I didn't think that we had announcements. That's usually how I run. Um, for those people who are wondering what happened to the lottery, the, the raffle tickets and all, which I know are a lot of people, we'll be doing those over, uh, over the awards. We had meant to do them during this time, but, unfortunately, we want to encourage that you have your raffle tickets at the award show because we could have given out numbers and everybody would have just went, we didn't bring our tickets. Oops. That We want to make sure that doesn't happen. Uh, the other announcement is Speed Build uh, Scout meeting is going to happen at 12 o'clock over at the bar back there. We have to figure out what we're doing. And so those people have signed up. Just meet over at the bar behind the bar over here. And uh, the last thing, you guys may have seen a form with, that's yellow on the top about the inside tour. That's going to be announced Sunday. Thank you. Uh, Sunday, I encourage everybody to sign up for it because basically it's a drawing. And you can, well, you're going to have to fly there. But um, you will be offered a chance to go on the inside tour. This was offered by the guys over at Lego. It's one of those things that happened literally last week. And I was like, can you do this? And I was like, yeah. Do you want to publicize? <laughs> uh. <laughs> I just found out, like, you know, you can publicize it. So I'm publicizing that now. It's also available to public. So please, if you want to sign up, sign up. And uh, on behalf of all of us over Breakfast, thank you. This was really great.